welcome to episode 30 of the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, the aspirational podcast for hopeless people like me, your host, Donna Scott, here to bring some words of joy to your ears in this increasingly more troubling of times. Let's look at the positives first of all. Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, has apologised. Yeah, apparently he's been too confusing. So he's apologised for it this week. Now, I'm not sure if that apology actually counts for all the years he's been alive because he basically should apologise for that. I think it's just for some of the advice he gave out last week that didn't take into account some of the local lockdowns where people are not allowed to uh, mix in, in, in groups inside their houses or outside their houses or at all. But generally, we've got a rule of six going on. No, can't meet in groups bigger than six. And all our pubs have to shut by 10 o'clock now. And amateur performances and amateur sporting events are not exempted from those rules unless they happen to be hunting animals for some reason. So you can't get together with 22 of your mates to play football. But I have seen some people locally in Northampton get around this and it's really ingenious. They have been playing six-a-side kickabout in the park. So they've chosen their group of six and they've got like 20 footballs between them. And the six of them stand on one side of the pitch and another six of them stand the other side of the pitch. And they, they just spend their usual match time, their practice time, kicking the ball at each other. And as I've been walking the dog going past, you know, I've, it, it's, um, I've managed to kick it back. I didn't actually manage to kick it back. Basically, it ricocheted off my ankle and um, didn't do too badly. I didn't show myself up like I normally would if I've actually tried to kick the ball back to them. But, you know, I thought that was quite ingenious and they all like having a lovely time. And as for the pubs having to shut at 10, I am a little bit worried that some of the events that people have planned over the last few weeks uh, are going to have to be sort of arranged so that they finish nice and early. It kind of means that if you're going to an event, you've got to stick a local. And it also means that if you're an act and you've got a day job, then you can't travel far either because the, all the gigs going to start at six. Also, when are you going to have your tea? These things are important to me. Actually, this week I did manage to get to a show that was slightly impacted by the new rulings. And I've got to apologise to you because last week I got very excited about a US podcaster coming to speak in Northampton. He did not. The podcaster in question was a very much UK-based podcaster. So no, this podcaster just loves Jim Clemente, like all of us who are fans of Real Crime Profile do. And her name was Chaish Meatherweather. And her podcast is called Crime Viral. Totally different. But it was a really good show. Two hours like split into two sections about serial killers. <laughs> jolly, jolly, awesome, fun thing. But what was it like to go to the theatre in the middle of a pandemic? It was all right. I think they managed it really well. You've got to sanitise and you come in. And then you check in and because I've got the NHS app on my phone, I was able to use that to check into the theatre on the, like a scanning thing. And I think they were a little bit 
sort of uh, not quite used to how it was going to work with the bar because they had set up a, an app called Butler to order drinks at the interval, but it just didn't work. Um, but there weren't that many people, so they were able to manage it quite well anyway. <laughs> and I had a lovely time and all finished by 10. I suppose that's a positive when you're a comedian. If you manage to get back before midnight from a gig, we count that as a win very often. <laughs> Just quickly log onto social media, say, I'm in bed with a cocoa. It's not even midnight. <laughs> I have to say, I am a little bit worried about my friends who run pubs because the weather is, is getting chilly now and it's proper autumnal out there. I can tell you, I've picked up some sweet chestnuts on my walk today and I've started wearing my Doctor Who scarf. So it's autumn. But a lot of us were only comfortable with going to the pub because we could go and sit in the beer garden. And we've had some lovely weather. So it's been brilliant for that. So my local has taken the precaution of ordering a load of heaters so we can all continue to sit outside. And they've popped on their, their Facebook page a picture of Sean Bean as he was in Game of Thrones you know, covered in fur, saying, remember to bring your big coat for the comedy kick uh, that's next month. I must say, I've got zero live gigs going on myself, either indoors or outdoors. But I am doing a few things online. I went to a slam in Ironbridge online on Saturday. I was the first reserve to take part in the slam, but I didn't get called because nobody's Wi-Fi dropped out who had been called in the draw to take part in the slam. But I was there, poised with my poems, ready to go if they needed me, which they didn't. And that was a really, really good night, actually. We watched, I think there were 65 people watching this slam. And there were only, like, I think 12 contestants in the first round, and each with three minutes. And they could slam on a poem on any topic. So, yeah, a few people were judging... And he went, well done to poets, prattlers and pandemonialists, Emma Pursehouse, Steve Pottinger and Dave Pitt. They put on a fantastic night of entertainment. I really enjoyed it. And the slam was won by somebody who I don't think had ever taken part in this kind of thing before. And her name was Hannah Broccoli. So look out for her. That's Broccoli, B-R-O-C-K-L-E-R-Y, not Broccoli, which I was thinking of all the time. Because I quite like broccoli. I'm like Joe Wicks. Little trees! But the next night I had a sort of gig of my own online. As I took part in Awkward Question Time. So that's a show put together by Alex Leem up in Derby. And I was on with Kitty Messalina, Tommy Tomsky and Al Grant. If you care to see this, it is on YouTube. So you can look at the topics that we discussed. And uh, it's a real fun night. <laughs> And there's also a podcast if you just want to listen to us, although I have to say that I do an impression of a Muppet, a silent impression of a Muppet, which Alex quite rightly picked up, will not work on the podcast. And you may see me tweeting out every now and then another show that's online at um, What's in the Box. That's the show that I did back in uh, April and myself and Neil did last month as well there's 50 episodes of it a nice round 50 episodes on frizz frizzles youtube channel he's hoping to sort of like really push those and if people haven't seen them go and watch them they're really entertaining actually frizz had a bit of a bad news thing happen last week 
he got wind of a new program coming out in Comedy Central that sounds very much like what's in the box called Guessable. And um, it's kind of pointed in that the British Comedy Forum, they've basically advertised his show on their site. And um, it says underneath it, if you like this, and then it's put Guessable, like a still from the the upcoming show that's coming out <laughs> on Comedy Central underneath it. So it's like, like, if you like what's in the box, you might like Guessable, which is the thing. <laughs> he was a little bit upset because... He tweeted at Comedy Central and asked them to take a look at his idea. And they seem to have gone with a very similar format. But, we'll, you know, time will tell whether or not it is actually similar or just sounds a little bit similar. But I'll tell you what it does sound. It does sound awesome. And it's got Sarah Pascoe in it and it's got um, Darren Harriet in it. So, you know, awesome people got gigs out of it. She's cool. So absolutely, do look at the positives. Frizz Frizzle has 50 episodes of an awesome show. You can check those out. And Comedy Central is bringing out an awesome show with awesome people on it. Anyway, it's autumn. Oh, to autumn. I love autumn. Yes, it's my favourite time of year. But why when it's colder? Because you get to wear cardigans. Cardigans are awesome. They're like knitwear that covers your arms, keeps you warm, but yet allows you to reveal still what bands you like on your t-shirt. Autumn for cardigans is great. And another awesome thing you can do when the weather turns a little bit cooler is you can start knitting cardigans <laughs> or jumpers. You can start knitting again. You know, like that song by the Dead Kennedys, Too Drunk To, you know. Well, I always sing that with It's Too Hot To Knit <laughs> for the summer. Too hot, too hot. Too hot, too hot to knit. <laughs> anyway, I'm working on a fantastic lacy jumper using some massive balls of purple wool that I got from Aldi for like pound fifty per ball. And they're like, you know, those massive ball. How big is the ball of wool? Let me just find out how big this ball of wool is. Got the Ujima what's it right here. This ball of wool is 400 grams. pound fifty for 400 grams of wool bargain nice shade of purple as well you know me perky goth oh another great thing about autumn is it's actually not too cold yet for ice cream because i just had to pause this podcast for neil to go to the ice cream van not only because you could hear it and that was ruining me recording but you know he pulls about outside our house because he knows us you remember me saying you know when i was off work with uh, eric eric the tumor that you know the uh, the ice cream man stopped outside and I'd basically limp out and have an ice cream and I'd love an ice cream because it was it was nice and soft for me to eat still the same guy still parks outside my house because he knows I love ice creams and the other day he couldn't stop outside my house could he because it was just too busy so he went past and he parked down the road in the next street I can't speak I've had too much ice cream it really dairy's no good for you for your voice I shoved on my Mosholu clogs, hmm, my lovely red daisy clogs, and I clomped off down the road trying to run in them. And I got to the van, and he was, it was like, oh, I tried stopping outside your house, <laughs> and you didn't come out, <laughs> so I, so I left. I was like, you did not stop outside my house. <laughs> I would have come out if you stopped outside my house. Knows me, knows me. 
and I had two oysters because the oysters are lovely. But anyway, knitting. Knitting. If you were a knitter, you can do code. Never put down somebody who can knit because they they could do COBOL. They could do Java. They could do it. It's just a different language. I pointed this out yesterday when I got stuck on some code. I had to basically debug the pattern to get it to work. And it just took me back to when I was at Dudley School's Able Child Technology, like a gifted program, um, which I did when I was in the, the second year. So, you know, aged 12. And they got all the kids, all the bright kids from all of the Dudley schools. And they, they met in the technology block of my school. And... Uh, so we got to do awesome things like build robots and do, learn electronics, do some soldering. I, I was already good at soldering because I've done that for years already. Um, uh, and I'd got a computer at home, so I was learning like basic and I could do like games and things and make my own sprites and my own music. So I just did like the leisure sides of things when it came to computer programming. Anyway... After a few weeks of learning all the robots and things, they wanted to put us all onto different projects. But my form tutor, Mr. Taylor, ugh, he um, didn't like me for the start. Anyway, we did we did a show and tell, and I, I basically I took one of my dolls in that I'd made because I also pretty roundly capable of doing lots of things. I made a porcelain doll on an Arma Marseille dream doll mold and um, took it to school to show people how that you can you know shape a molded head um, and fire it in a kiln twice to get you know a proper porcelain doll and I did that myself and then I'd I'd used wax and glue to set the eyes in the doll's head and took the doll to school to show people on the journey they fell out (laughs) they were rattling around inside the skull of the head so it was like, oh no, the wax has melted. Uh, but you know, just fi- it's easy to fix. Just go back, just go in and pick the the neck, and we'll go back in there with some glue later. It'd be all right. Uh, <laughs> and he just looked at me with such disgust because I had deigned to bring like a practical thing in to show people how I'd done it. <laughs> people were curious; they're interested. I suppose it didn't really match the sort of like tech side of me, but you know. Like I say to anybody, if you want to do a thing, just do it. Learn how to do stuff. Do it. Have fun. Do whatever you want to do. What I think had happened there was in bringing the doll to school, I had cemented myself in his eyes as a woman, as a a girl, a female person. And he just did not like women, I think. And he was affronted that this technology project had a master number of girls as well as boys. To take part in it. So, by the end of the project, we all had to, we all got given stations and had to produce a thing on that station. And all the lads got given the projects, which were the electronic side of things, the building a robot side of things. And he bunched all the girls together, all of us, and put us in front of the computer program. Now, we hadn't gone over computer programming at any point during the technology project, but I could do it. Because I had basic, basically. <laughs> and so all these girls were like crowded around me going, what the heck do we do? And we were given 
uh, a robot arm to program to draw a square. <laughs> and I seem to remember upsetting somebody else in the group by saying, apparently we've got to draw, make this robot draw the shape of your head because he had a particularly square head. And he was like, whoa. And there was like, no bullying going on in geek club. Anyway, I managed to make this thing draw a lovely spiral. <laughs> it wasn't a square. And he was like, what are you doing? What have you done wrong? And I was like, I don't know. But then again, well, I've done computer programs at home, like a Space Invaders. I haven't managed to get it to stop. So it always thinks you've lost. Because, you know, I could program, but I was a bit crap. <laughs> and, you know, what I do now with my projects is... I might set out with a rough idea of where I want to go with it and then I end up with something else and then I just fit my aspirations to what I've actually achieved. <laughs> if you do that, you'd be a lot happier. <laughs> Same with comedy. I try to be funny. I almost get there. <laughs> but I just remember that time. I think that was my first proper experience of sexism because I think the school was pretty proud that they'd got a couple of girls doing this project. They got the, all the, the people doing this project to pose for a picture for the Express and Star or the Dudley News and Chronicle. <laughs> it might have been the Dudley News, thinking about it. They were in all, we were in all the local papers and the photographer came and he basically sat Lisa, my friend Lisa, in front of the computer and she gave like this really fed up look because she didn't know anything about computers so she had to pretend that she was the one on the computer he made neil point to the screen as if he's telling her what to do so she you know that made her look even more fed up and uh, he got davina sort of looking on to the side going hmm that's interesting and then he made me me sit on the desk, astride to the... Basically, said, can you sit on the desk? So I sat on the desk like you would normally sit on the desk if you were, like, looking over what somebody else is working on on that desk. You know, I can see the screen and I'm comfortable. And he's like, no, 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 we need, we need you to do this. And I was like, huh? And he sat me on the side of the desk so that I'd have to basically twist round. He made me do bimbo in the book cover, twisty roundy, to show off me legs and me, me, me my boobs. I was, like, I, was, I was 12. I was 12, guys. And I just remember my face was so bright red because I knew he was doing. And, and, and um, <laughs> Mr. Taylor was like going, don't be awkward, Donna, just do it. And I'm like, I don't want to sit like this. Just do it. <laughs> so it came out in the paper. It makes me look like I'm the stupidest one in the entire group. The, the person they've invited to decorate a desk. Ugh. If, if you can imagine a 12-year-old girl with a bad perm <laughs> as the totty. <laughs> OMG. Probably the last time as anyone's ever considered me as such. <laughs> I must admit. But yeah, I'm knitting and I have decoded the pattern. So yeah, it's going to be a jumper and it will be a good jumper. Except it probably won't be exactly as the people who create the pattern have devised because they can't count. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it'll be roughly right and it'll fit around me. I mean, pff, yeah, 
Anyway, I promised you guys some news jack rejects this week. So I'm going to have to try and get some sound effects from somewhere. Blimey neck. Let me start with my sketch. Now, I was going to rewrite the ending, but you can hear it as badly as it is. So you can you can judge me on my sketch and how bad it is. Oh, God. Right. So this is a sketch which is about all the fires that have happened in California. So, you know, I'm, I'm quite ecologically aware and, and concerned. <laughs> Except my sketch here, because I really rushed it, what I realised I've done is I have made... Yeah, I did intend to make Boris Johnson seem like the devil, but I've unwittingly made his poor child Wilfred the Damon o Damien Omen. Damien Omen. <laughs> I've made him like the Antichrist. He's just a little baby. He's, it's not his fault. His dad's a dick. His mum seems quite nice. Anyway, so here is my sketch. What horrible thing is currently spreading faster than COVID-19? No, it's not Robert Pattinson's weird way of wearing a scarf in Tenet. It's fire in California. And authorities are blaming gender reveal parties, with one causing a blaze that ripped through 9,000 acres. Partygoers watched a pyrotechnic explode as they waited to see if the baby would be a boy or a girl. Not that this was important, as the spawn of Satan, destroyer of worlds, has no specific gender. What is it with these new gender reveal parties and fire? What happened to baby showers? Are they just too wet? And who is planning parties like these? Do you want a party that really goes off with a bang? A luxury party as befitting, say, a senior politician who has just had a surprise new baby and also recently acquired a hellish hound, like a Rottweiler or a <laughs> Jack Russell Cross. Yes, I suppose that will do. 666 party planners are branching out into luxury party planning. From the people who put the dead into dedication to Satan rituals, and the hot naked witches into midnight gatherings in the woods and the gardener's question time rap party, we bring you... Do you want to be a snowman? Princess parties! Eee! I want to be Elsa! I want to be Elsa! Is my party in here? Is it? Oh, why are all these hooks on the ceiling? Why are none of my friends moving? We can provide industrial-sized meat fridges for your frozen party. For memories that will last as long as the corpses will throw in a photo booth. And we also do... Weddings! I am so grateful to 666 party planners. They helped with every aspect of my special day, from the party favours to the actual groom. Who knew I'd get on with someone that hairy? Plus, there was no need to spend months slimming to fit into my dress when this goat's blood looks great on everybody. Then all my guests killed each other in a frenzied spree, which saved me having to write thank you notes for all the presents. Thanks, 666. Plus, now we do secret christenings in Perugia. Wah! When I had to have a christening party in a country that I had told couldn't have a... Gatherings of more than six, I just thought, you know, I could add another couple of sixes and dialed 666 party planners who whisked me and the missus off pronto, sorted me out some Wi Fi and a green screen of the White House for my Zoom meetings. All jolly good fun. Look where I'm not. 
and back in time before you can say Chris Whitty. End. Yeah, and it does kind of just end there. So, yeah, I can see why that didn't get on. If I like anything about it, I like my um, frozen party taking part in the fridge. Uh, oh, I'm just going upset up the um, page to have a look. I like the hot naked witches at the gardener's question time rap party. That's all I like, really. Um, so, but I was, I was quite pleased with my one-liners, and they didn't get anywhere. So, yeah, first of all, breaking news. After 24-year-old Zendaya beat several older actresses to win an Emmy, the phrase upset win is trending this week, a sporting term we haven't used since Andy Murray won Wimbledon and we tried to describe his face. A woman has fallen out of a moving vehicle on the M25 while trying to take a selfie. It's unclear whether she was using a filter to flatten her features. The US Centre for Disease Control took down its advice on the aerosol transmission of coronavirus this week, saying it needs to be updated. They will probably repost it when they've convinced Donald Trump that they don't mean his hairspray. Yeah, I think with my motorway one, I could have changed some of the wording that way to make it more impactful. So that was a little bit long. But broadly, I'm pretty pleased with those. Okay, so the next ones are my good week, bad week setups. Here we go. It's been a bad week for weatherman Matt Taylor, who said he wasn't a fan of Rick Astley when asked on BBC Breakfast, unaware the pop star was a guest on the show. It's been a good week for Rick Astley, who is apparently on a roll. It's been a better week for the fight against climate change. A satellite iris launched early this month can track spikes of methane gas in the atmosphere. It's been a bad week for me, as after living on takeaways all lockdown, not only can my bum be seen from space, it can now be smelled too. It's been a bad week for Dwayne The Rock Johnson's electronic gate after he tore it from the wall when he got stuck, making him late for work. It's been a good week for the repair guy who got to see the massive old iron thing totally ripped. See, I flipping love my bum from space one. And I think my The Rock joke was better than the one they used, to be fair. But they did use that. And, you know, there were some really good jokes on the show. So I can see why the Rick Roll thing didn't go on. Because they had better jokes. But otherwise, I wasn't too upset with my offerings last week however this week i found it so much trickier to write jokes i really struggled so bound to be doing a full complement of those next week hello everybody well where are we now it's an addendum apparently today is thursday and this is supposed to come out on a monday so i've got to apologize to you first off we have had quite the week first of all on monday my husband neil he passed his exams his very final exam and he is now fully able to go out there in the world and get jobs in carpentry and that was a super absolutely awesome thing so we had to go and celebrate didn't we it wouldn't be fair if we didn't celebrate the end of his exams and let's face it unlike the poor old students in university halls all around the country he's not trapped he's not indoors he can do what he wants now so that had to be done 
Plus, we had to spend a few days hunting for paperwork that he now needs to go and look for those jobs because we live in chaos. And uh, yeah, we couldn't find anything. We couldn't find the passport. So that was another thing. We've had my best friend, Emma, come and marry condo our life for us a little bit come and help us as we've turned the house upside down looking for the passport and other paperwork but anyway i thought i might share another couple of little things with you first of all i will share that i had a flipping brilliant time last week with the extraordinary time traveling adventures of baron munchausen no we didn't have a gig but every now and then we like to have a little bit of a rehearsal to keep our hand in sort of keep ourselves on our toes and and remember what it is like to come up with stories on the hoof. So Will set me a challenge of coming up with a story that was how my character, Captain Bilgewater Bond, saved a man from certain death 50 years before. And so I took that and went 50 years before what? Before the Queen, because everyone knows it's extremely rude to die before the Queen. The Queen has to do things first, you know, if you want to stand up where she's sitting, the Queen has to stand before you all stand. And no one is allowed to die before the Queen and she's quite determined to live forever. So I saved a man from drowning 50 years before the Queen. Because, you know, you know, she's still alive. And the man I saved from drowning was, and I said, Freddie Farrell, who, as we all know, is another podcasting comedian who is flipping awesome. And what I actually meant was Freddie Flintoff, because the story involved this person stealing a pedalo and being stuck out at sea (laughs) outside Bognor Regis, which is, of course, the Queen's bog. And (laughs) so I I saved Freddie Farrell from a certain death (laughs) at sea. And all of my fellows are looking at me kind of like weird going, what? Why have you brought Freddie Farrell into it? And then I went, I meant Freddie Flintoff. <laughs> and they were going, oh, oh yeah, he, he did get stuck on a pedalo, didn't he? <laughs> That's all right. In my story, I've saved Freddie Farrell. And this was another thing I wanted to share with you. Because I posted this on Facebook. It didn't get anything. But you know these kind of like cut and paste share if you agree stories that go out every now and then. They're usually full of bad grammar, lots of exclamation marks, capital letters, shouting and the odd touch of nostalgia as well. (laughs) Like in the old days, we didn't have to do this. Everyone's a snowflake. Well, I I basically just thought I'm not going to copy and paste and share it exactly as it is. So um, rather than shared, I've put shaved and I've made it completely surreal. Oh, but basically it starts off with, I don't give a rat's ass. So I've said shaved, sod it. I don't have a cat's ass whereby this offends, but I stand by it and other Stephen King novels. War is coming. Now I spelt war as in evening war. War is coming to dinner sooner or later. You are now the government. You are also a bunch of bananas. You raise the challenge of jumping so high that both parents are always on the roof rather than spending time with their children. Shingle parents stand no chance. Because that's supposed to be working. You took God machine out of my CD rack. Parents were told, no, you can't disky form your kids. Well, 
now most of those kids are round and out of context. You shall repair what you sow. We have taken a whole generation and turned them into shellfish and entropic beasts who have no respect for peepholes, property or orthodontists. You deem people with bus terminals and some with only a few stops to go fit for work! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. You allow our veterinarian patients of woof to go walkies while hungry, but give out millions to donkey charities. You refuse to give free Dianetic supplies to those who need them, instead of diabetics, to stay in science fiction movies. You bend over backwards to be anatomically correct, too scared to say enough is enough in case you upend someone. You brought the disco age back so people must dance until they drop. You take care of prisms and give them everything under the sun. Brackets, light, white light, diffraction, rainbows, money, the dark side of the moon, close brackets. Yet you cause the elderflowers, those that have paid their debt to cordials and their alcoholic equivalents to go undrunk, caring for the brew either at home or in a nursery rhyme. Things need to change. Yeah, copy and paste and see if you can make that more surreal. (laughs) I am nuts. Anyway, uh, have a good... I'll see you after said weekend. This is Donna Scott signing off. Bye! You've been listening to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Please like and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. I love you. Also check out Donna Scott Comedy on YouTube and my website, donna-scott.co.uk. Music, It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle on Flush Your Rolex EP.